Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Dynamics Podcast. God is a spirit, and you are a spirit who is living in a body that is trapped in a three-dimensional world, limited by time and space. But your spirit man, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions will live forever. One day, you are going to see God. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the king of the kingdom of God, which is a government. It is a city. It is a country that will never end. Heaven will end. Earth will end. But his words will never pass away. We have the amazing privilege to not only know God through Jesus Christ, but to be as God on the earth. We are the image of God, and we have got to be born again by the Holy Spirit. We return to the original image of God, and we begin to proclaim the kingdom has arrived. Hey, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. This is not a religious podcast. You may be wondering, am I an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist? No, no, I am far, far more than that. I am a son of God. And so are you if you are led by the Spirit of God. And God is slapping the church in this hour. And that is biblical. He disciplines those he loves. He prunes the branches that bear fruit that they may grow even more fruit. And he's saying to me, there's a hostile takeover of the church by the Holy Spirit, that he has actually ordained sons of God who are led by the Spirit of God. Now, this is the thing about those who are led by the Spirit of God. They are not religious. Now, we all have some religious bones, so to speak, or religious mindsets, but we have to be continually transformed by the renewing of our minds. Jesus warned us of the teaching of the Pharisees and the teaching of Herod. So it is these two threats to the kingdom that we must eradicate. We must excommunicate from our own thinking and from our congregations. I'm so impressed when somebody speaks the truth. I'm listening Is the pastor, is the preacher, is the teacher talking about themselves or are they talking about Jesus? Are they talking about the kingdom? Jesus only went about doing good and healing all of the sick, all of those who were oppressed of the devil. He only preached a message of the kingdom. When he sent out the 72, he told them to preach the kingdom. He said to say this message, the kingdom has arrived. The kingdom is at hand. And as citizens and sons of the kingdom, they were freely giving of their own benefits, the benefit of eternal life, the benefit of physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual deliverance. So Jesus is saying to me that it is a hostile takeover Because 
the church has been hostile towards him. How has the church been hostile? We have been teaching a false doctrine that the leadership teaching is a doctrine of demons. Now, I'm not saying all leadership is bad. I'm not saying all structure is bad. I submit to leadership. I submit to structure. I pay my taxes. But but what he's saying is the, the false teaching, the error, is because Jesus said, I will build my church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So why are we building the church when Jesus said that he would build his church? Okay, so we have been commissioned to preach the message of the kingdom of God. So we are not meant to be building the church. He is building the church. Now, you might have an administrative gift and you might be moved by the Holy Spirit to provide some structure for an organization and and that's part of God's plan. But these things are built on the apostles and the prophets and the teachers and the evangelists. The financial givers come around them. The gift of giving. There are people in the church who are gifted to prosper, but the money's not theirs. And, and there's a problem when, when they don't give. And sometimes they don't give because they don't see the apostles and the prophets and the teachers in place. So we have got to get together. Another thing he's showing me is that we are in a famine of the word of God and we haven't, dece- we haven't perceived it. That we're in a famine of the word of God. You can turn on Christian television. You can go to churches. You can watch sermon after sermon, conference after conference, panel after panel, interview and after interview about the prophetic or about what God's doing in Russia or the Ukraine. But very, very, very few are actually saying what God is saying and is a preaching the word of God. I'm shocked. I'm stunned when I listen to Andrew Womack and he's preaching the truth or even sometimes Creflo Dollar or Benny Hinn. But but it's very rare. And here's the test. Are they lifting up the name of Jesus? Because there's an antichrist spirit in the earth and the antichrist is the one who denies the son. The antichrist is the one who denies the son. Jesus said, Many antichrists will come. He said, don't go into the desert if they say there he is out there. Well, who was that was Muhammad. Okay, Muhammad, Muhammad was, was in the desert and he was saying that he was the Messiah. He was the next, you know, upgrade from Jesus. But he denies the son. He denies the son because he says that Jesus was a prophet, not that Jesus is the Son of God. So that is the Antichrist. We know that Islam is Antichrist because they deny the Son. We know that Allah is not God. Allah is a demon. Okay? Hallelujah. (laughs) Allah is not God because John, the apostle, who lay on the bosom of Jesus, 
He said the spirit of the Antichrist is the one that denies the Father and the Son. And it says that if you deny the Son, you deny the Father also. So if Islam is denying that Jesus is the Christ, then they are also denying the Father, which means that Allah is not the Father. Don't get me wrong. The synagogue of Satan is the name that Jesus gave the Jewish synagogue. Their father is Satan. So don't be surprised if the father of your high school or the father of your local congregation or the father of your education system or the father of Hollywood is not God. It's the devil often because the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. And Paul makes it clear that until we are born again, until we are returned to the original prototype, Jesus Christ is the image of God. He is the perfect, exact image of God. He's the original template. And God copied himself in man. He made an image of himself. But it was like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a, it was an image of God, but it wasn't Jesus Christ. And we have been born again. And the word born again is prototype. New creation is the word prototype, which means we have been returned to the prototype, which is Christ. We've been returned to the original image. And we rule and reign, but we need to exit this world system and it's happening for us. God, by his grace, is showing us the deception. He's showing us the hypocrisy. He's showing us the lies and don't believe anything in the media. If you believed anything in the media to do, obviously, if, if you believe what the news is saying right now about wars and things, then then have you forgotten the last two and a half years that we've been through? None of that was true. Have you forgotten the weapons of mass destruction? None of that was true. Okay, the Twin Towers just miraculously imploded and aeroplanes crashed into the Pentagon, but there was, there was no evidence. Come on, guys. This is a, a, a hostile takeover. You know, while Satan is trying to enthrone himself as a man on the earth, Jesus is taking back his church and he's saying there is a hostile takeover. I'm taking back my church and it's going to be underground. It's going to be underground, not because I don't love the church that's above ground, but there's been a shaking, there's been a testing, there's been a spitting out of lukewarmness. There have been some lampstands, I've been saying this, but there have been some lampstands that have been removed. And like Gideon's army, he has sifted and sorted, and you can call it whatever you want, the remnant, but I'm just calling it the church. Someone said to me, why, why don't you pray for the church? Why don't you intercede for the above ground church? And I said, you cannot pray a goat into a sheep. If they are the church, then they are not above ground. Now, maybe there's a process and I'm a little bit ahead of the times because I'm a prophet, because sometimes we speak the future. But what I'm saying is his church is not going to be found above ground. And there is a famine of the word, Amos chapter 8, verse 11. That's why I have been sowing in famine. I've written a book 
the second one is keep keeps keeps on coming. I'm 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 writing my second book. I've put produced content so that when the when people are screaming out for the word of God, you see. Right now we're in a time of religion and politics. These are the two things that choke the seed. These are the two things Jesus said. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. What's he saying? Well, if you look at Mark, I believe, chapter 3, it says that the Herodians and the Pharisees conspired to kill Jesus. So what we see here is that the political spirit combines, colludes with the religious spirit to crucify the kingdom spirit. Do you get that? If the Herodians and the Pharisees conspired together to kill Jesus, then your religious mindset and your political mindset will kill the spirit of God inside of you. Now, obviously, he can't be killed and you can't lose your salvation and the gifts are irrevocable. But what I'm saying and what Jesus is saying is to the extent that you allow religious teaching in your head, to the extent that you allow political teaching in your head, to that extent, you're going to restrain, you're going to crucify, in a sense, the kingdom seed. It's a really great example. Imagine the Holy Spirit puts a word on your heart in church and your heart's beating and you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit to get up and give a prophetic word and to take the microphone, but your mindset says, oh, oh, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. You see, that's a religious spirit. Oh, what if they don't, what if they don't like me? That's a political spirit. You see, religion and politics puts man between you and God. I said religion and politics puts man between you and God. Religion and politics often put a structure between you and God. You have to go to Bible college before you can preach. You have to be married before you can be a missionary. You have to be a, a woman to be able to pray for a woman. But Jesus Christ smashed every single one of those boundaries because a king in a kingdom can do whatever the heck he wants because he's king. Okay, that doesn't mean we become unrestrained. We are to be led by the Spirit of God. And he's never going to lead you to do something that's going to, you know, be um, immoral. But he will lead you to do things that are illegal sometimes, okay? Like, you know, like Paul escaping from, from a city. Like Jesus, you know, Jesus' disciples um, uh, refusing to submit to the, to, the, to, the, to the Roman and the religious system that prohibited them from preaching the word. I will preach the word. I will tell people that homosexuality is a sin. Now, you can be homosexual in Australia God bless you. You can get married as a homosexual in Australia. God bless you. You can go to church. There are many churches where you can be a homosexual priest, pastor. That's fine, but you will not inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> That's a different story. In this world, you can do whatever you want, but there is a judgment that is coming. And the Bible clearly says that he will remove from his kingdom all who practice lawlessness, all the cowards, all the unbelievers. So I'm also going to tell you 
not to doubt God. I'm going to tell you to believe. I'm going to tell you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Someone was saying to me the other day, you know, why does God send people to hell? If he's such a good and loving God, then 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 why did he even create us? Wouldn't it have been better if he didn't do it? You see, you have got to, that person has got to repent because God is a just and righteous judge. His throne is established on righteousness and just judgments. He is love. He keeps no record of wrongs. And the Bible actually says in 1 Peter, in Ephesians and in Revelation, that Jesus Christ was crucified before the foundation of the world. So nobody is sent to hell. People choose to go there. People commit the unpardonable sin, which is to deny Jesus Christ. That is the only unpardonable sin, to reject the Son. Again, this is Antichrist. Every person can see the character of God. Jesus Christ is God. He, he walked about doing good, healing everybody. He was love. He forgave the woman caught in the act of adultery, which is love. But then he said, go and sin no more, which is righteousness. You see, this sort of homosexual gospel, this new age gospel, this sort of you know love and acceptance gospel, this social justice gospel, it says that God is love, Jesus is love, but they forget often that Jesus is also king, he is Lord, he is judge. So... God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that none would perish. That is talking about hell. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He also said to the woman caught in the act of adultery, after he forgave her sins with love and acceptance, after he commanded her not to sin anymore, he said, unless something worse would happen to you. Well, what's worse than being stoned to death? Okay, see, hell is clearly evident in the Bible. Jesus said it. He said, "What's worse? He, what he's saying is, if you keep sinning, you're going to be you're going to be eternally punished." Okay, that is worse than being stoned to death. So the truth will set you free. And if you have a problem with hell, if you have a problem with with God, you know, even bothering to create the universe because he knew, being all-knowing, he knew that there was going to be a problem. You have got to believe the word of God. You have got to change. Hebrews said, if people fell in the desert for disobeying an angel, how much worse off are we going to be to disobey the Son of God? And he has spoken. He is perfect theology. He has shown us the Father is good. He has shown us the Father is love. He has shown us the Father is patient and gracious, but he is also just. Jesus overthrew the tables in in the temple that were preventing people, putting a blockage between people and God. He rebuked the Pharisees. He called them a brood of vipers. So he will bring truth. He will bring correction. But if you have a problem with hell, you've got to remember the truth. You've got to repent. And what repentance means is you change your mind. You don't go to church to find a pastor who you agree with. If God has sent you and planted you in a church, then 
then if the pastor says something you don't agree with, then you might need to change. You might need to repent. And you need to do the work to see in the Bible if what they're saying is the truth. And then you need to change. Now, if your pastor's preaching error upon error, then you might need to get a couple of other people and correct your pastor. The Bible says, if your brother sins against you or if an old, a, a leader sins against you, that you, you should go and talk to them. So you should go and talk to your pastor and say, listen, I think you're speaking a lie. You have responsibility. If he doesn't listen to you, then you get two more people, not as a collusion, not to gang up on him, but you get two more people to come and correct him. And then if he will not, ch- if you, if you guys are, if he will not take that correction, then you bring it before the whole church. Okay, there's a, there's a structure in place for these sorts of problems. Okay, so we need to repent. We need to believe the truth that God is good and let everyone else be a liar, that God is just. If God sends people to hell or if people end up in hell for whatever reason, then that is the right thing because he is just. If you find yourself in hell, then you can praise God in hell and go, God, I'm meant to be here because you are just. You are perfect love and you are perfectly just and you are faithful and I will praise you in hell because you are God and you are worthy of praise. I mean, that's an extreme example, but I'm just saying that is the truth. Now, I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anyone else, but Jesus has paid the price that no one would perish that everyone would have that opportunity. But unfortunately, the Pharisees were standing in front of Jesus, reading out the Bible, and they couldn't see him. So believing in God isn't enough. Being a good person isn't enough. Salvation is from the Jews, and salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ. That means you have to believe him. You have to eat him. You have to eat his body and drink his blood, which means you become one with him. If you eat something, it becomes part of your body and he eats you as well. It's actually called communion. It's eating together. You need to fully receive Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it's in the moment that we turn to him that the veil is lifted from our eyes. It's actually in the moment. It's a supernatural act. It's a supernatural gift. Jesus said, no one can come to me except the Father draws them. So the Father is calling people. He's drawing them to himself. And you might say, oh, well, that's not fair. You know, why does does God draw some people and not draw other people, right? Well, I'm pretty sure that Uh, Galatians says, But who are you, human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Uh, That might be Romans chapter 9. So we have been made in the image of God, okay? When, when God lifts the veil, you will see the light. But Jesus Christ is that light. And he said that I am the light of the world. 
If you're a believer, then you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. The salt, salt is used for currency. Salt is used for, for seasoning. Salt is used for savoring. Salt is used for preserving. We are that light. So people can see me, they can see us and come to know the truth. There are Christians everywhere. There are churches everywhere. There's the Bible everywhere. But people have to receive Jesus. They have to repent. He explained it to us how to be saved. We need to humble ourselves. It's a kingdom. We surrender. We hold up our white flag and we say, we are wrong and you are right. I give up my own life. I want a citizenship in your kingdom. Jesus said, you enter the kingdom like a little child. He said, the kingdom belongs to such as these. Matthew chapter 5, that's the poor in spirit. <clears throat> the kingdom belongs to the poor in spirit. If you're poor, you're not going to be fussy. If someone's poor and they're begging for food, they're not going to say, oh, look, I'm paleo, I'm keto. They're going to be really happy to receive anything to eat if they're starving. We, the, Jesus said the hungry will be satisfied. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So we come to God in need. We come to God as children. You know, I suppose when we're not saved, we come to God as orphans and we are wanting to be adopted. So why don't you believe Jesus Christ today? Why don't you make a decision? Maybe you're in a church and you're a Christian, but today you make a decision that you are going to believe God. You are going to fully believe the Bible. You're not going to leave the responsibility entirely up to your pastor to, to grow you, to get you saved. You are going to start to look to the Holy Spirit again. You're going to start to make yourself available. You're going to start to read the scriptures and, and get equipped for the working of the ministry. And if you're not saved, you are going to repent. You're going to get down on your knees and you're going to pray and you're going to say, God, I believe. Finally, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I can see it now. I don't really understand it, but I, my heart is telling me that this is the truth. This, this young man speaking on the phone, he is the truth. He's speaking the truth and I repent. I exchange my life for your life. I exchange my sin for Jesus's pure, perfect life and I receive salvation. I receive the adoption as a son of God and I receive the Holy Spirit. And I pray for you right now, church member who is maybe wanting to become on fire, a little bit lukewarm. I pray for you and I pray for the new Christian who just made a decision for Christ. Be filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over you for the forgiveness of sins, for the breaking of every chain. Right now, every chain is broken. Angels are assigned to you to change you, to help you, to walk with you, to keep you on your track. Psalm 68 says, keep me in the track of your chariot wheels. So it's like God is, on, is in a chariot and you are walking, following the track from the wheels of his chariot. Whew, Father, 
bless these people, God. May they understand. Thank you that today they have received the seed of the kingdom. Perhaps for the first time, they've actually heard the message of the kingdom, the message that you preached. Your kingdom is a country. Your kingdom is a government that is on your shoulders. The Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You are the true and only begotten Son of God. And we exalt you, Jesus. We lift you up. And as we praise you, you inhabit the praises of your people. God, would you open your word to us? Would you open your word to those who are listening as they read the Bible? If they don't have one, go to Bible.com. Read the Bible. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would open your eyes that the veil would be lifted. And I Take off that veil right now in Jesus' name. I command it to, and I just ask, Father, lift the veil. We say darkness, go. We say deception, go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, that we pray that, the, that every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, in other words, pre- prevents us from seeing and experiencing Christ, that we pray that every one of those veils would be lifted in Jesus' name. And I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I say, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, let your praises rise up. Why don't you find a moment now to praise God, put on some worship music, look up Upper Room in the, in the YouTube or, or whatever you prefer and, and worship God in the car or, or you know, find a quiet place at work and give God the praise, give him the glory. If you want to get in touch, uh, I'll put my contact details in the description below. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening.